to another edition of the Kelly Green Hour. It's our preview edition for week 14 in the National Football League as the Philadelphia Eagles, the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles, look to clinch a playoff berth as they travel to East Rutherford, New Jersey to face the East Rutherford Giants. I'm your host, LJ Harrell. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. The football season, it's crazy to think the football season is actually winding down and we're coming to the end of the regular season. Um, And there's so much talk in some of our group chats about like prospects and the draft and everything. And I'm like, holy, I can't believe we're there already. But we still got some serious football to play and a playoff to hopefully dominate, win. Do something in, so we still got a lot of meaningful football ahead. So I'm excited, and this is—I think this is a big game. While you say it is, it is the Giants, and they seem to have shown proven, you know, that they are a little bit fraudulent. It is still the Giants. It is still a divisional matchup. So, yeah. So before we get jump into the matchup, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Hero Fifty Four. And follow uh, the Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines. And follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And as always, if you're with us live, throw in the comments. Let us know what your thoughts on the upcoming big matchup in the NFC East between the Eagles and the Giants. Obviously, there's the Eagles are. This is the first of three road games in a row. They go to the they face the Giants, then they face the Bears. And they finish off on Christmas Eve against those uh, Arlington Cowboys. Um, and obviously, we don't want to look ahead to that because obviously it is a big matchup. But Dallas has a, or the Cowboys have a couple easy games up. Then they have the uh, Texans this week. Um, they're the, a 17 point favorite and the biggest favorite of any game so far in the, in the NFL this year. Um, the um, And then I forget who they have next week, um, but I think it's another easy ish another easy-ish game for for them but yeah connor it, it, this week's game in east rutherford um at metlife stadium let's jump right into the to the giants offense obviously their offense revolves around saquon barkley he is questionable with a neck injury i think he's going to play i don't think there's any chance he misses this game but their offensive line's not that good they're missing their starting left guard and their backup left guard. They're, they're down to their third string left guard in Nick Gates. Um, yeah, they, they drafted Evan Neal and, you know, being an Alabama fan, I know Evan Neal is, is really good, uh, but I, I just don't know if he's being put in a good position with that offense right now. The receivers are scarce for the Giants, to, to put it lightly. There's a reason why they're going after Odell Beckham Jr., which we'll, we'll touch on in a little bit later. Um, you know, Darius Slayton is their best, Receiver, so we're gonna have Slayton against Darius Slayton against Darius Slay, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, Ricky James, um, their tight end Daniel Bellinger. He's okay, 
Um, and obviously it starts with the, um, and obviously their quarterback, Daniel Jones, who's not that good. Um, definitely was an overpick when they took him, was it three or four years ago? There's no reason that the Eagles defense shouldn't dominate, but we know being in the division game, you remember the last time the Eagles played at, at MetLife, Jalen Hurts had probably his worst game as a starter, three interceptions, was he 14 of 31, um, did not have a good game. It also didn't help that he was throwing the ball to Jalen Rager and he dropped you know, one or two passes that game. Um, but yes, yeah, so and Jalen Hurts, if you compare Jalen Hurts, and I saw this on Twitter, it may have been from Shane Half. I'm not 100%, I, I can't remember. But if you compare Jalen Hurts from last year's game at MetLife to what he looks like now, it's a completely different person, different player. And as Chris puts up on, on, on the chat, not even worried about this game, what's wrong with me? When I'm not worried about a game, I have a bad feeling. And I'm kind of in that right now. This game's probably going to be a lot closer than people think. And that's a worry for me. Yeah, you make, you make some good points. I mean, the, the offensive line isn't that good. The, there's, they've been slaughtered by injuries. Like, I, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for the New York Giants, but since the bye week, they have been obliterated by injuries. I mean, you alluded to just a couple. Uh, you got Shane Lemuel. You got... Joe, uh, Joshua Izudu, who's uh, both both of those guys are guards. Um, you got Leonard Williams, who's going to miss this. And I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead. We got a Dory Jackson, who's going to miss this game as well. And then you look around, you got Wandale Robinson out. Evan Neal's missed a couple games. Xavier McKinney's missed time with fractures in his fingers. John Feliciano has missed time. Fabian Morrow, like you go up and down. I think you can almost say every starter has missed a minimum one game. It's it's been <clears throat> brutal luck, but I think luck is what even put the Giants in this situation in the first place. I was diving into it a little bit. Sit before their week nine bye, the Giants had six of their first eight games decided by a touchdown or less, and they entered that bye week at six and two. Since the bye week, they're one, two, and one, with the tie being the only game decided by less than seven points. I while it sounds like injuries can be leveraged as an excuse. I also do think that it's reasonable to say that the good luck has just run out pure and simple with them. They were, can, are they ahead of, in their rebuild? I would say yes. I think Brian Dayball is an incredible coach. I, they are ahead. They have a good, Joe Stone is a really good manager. I think they are ahead in their rebuild. Do, do I think they should not let the, their six and two start get to their head? Absolutely. I feel like that start might get to their head and they may think they're more ahead than they are and that Daniel Jones can be the answer. And I don't think that he necessarily can be. No, um, I, don't, I think they know Daniel Jones isn't the answer. That's, that's why they didn't extend them. I think they declined this fifth year option, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so like they know he's not the answer. They know they need to improve at the running back or at the quarterback position. Uh, quite frankly, I'm shocked that they didn't try to trade for Jimmy G before obviously before the Trey Lance injury. Um I thought Jimmy G might, might have been good and for them. Um but yeah so like they know that Daniel Jones isn't the guy and he's going you know they're going to have to find a, in order for them to really take that next step they need to improve at the quarterback position. Because if you don't have a quarterback you're ten nine times out of ten you're not winning in the National Football League. Because the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. Not just football, but in every other sport. If if you don't have a if, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not winning. 
it comes down to that. Um, and, you know, I think the Giants are going to want to probably try to establish the run early on. I mean, obviously what the Eagles did last week against Derrick Henry, they're not going to make it easy. You know, you're going to have Jordan Davis coming back his second game off of an injury. You have Sue and Linvel Joseph, who this is, I think, their third or fourth game now. You know, they're they're probably back in the playing shape because, as, as we say time and time again, being in shape is not the same as being in football shape. Now that they've gotten that, you know, the flow, the, their weekly, you know, going to practice and lifting and, you know, their routine, they know exactly what to expect. Their bodies are back into that football shape. You know, Fletcher Cox has come on ever since his snaps have, you know, dropped. So the Eagles defensive line should dominate this game. And obviously when we say that a lot, when they go up against poor offensive lines, usually they don't dominate. So hopefully it's different this, um, this week. Uh, I see Chris, I see you, you talked about Thibodeau. We're definitely, definitely going to talk about him when we um, jump over to the defense for, for the giants. Um, I think this game will be very much like the Titans game. It potentially could like, once Traylon, especially once Traylon Burks went out the game for for the Titans, like they didn't really have receiver. They, they have Robert Woods, but Robert Woods isn't the same Robert Woods, the LA Robert Woods. Um, but yeah, the Eagles defense should. You know, I don't want to be on. I think the game plan that's a, and, and I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, so I do apologize. I think the game plan that the Giants are going to want to employ is going to be the same one that the the, the Commanders did on that Monday night game. They're going to want to. Run the ball a lot. Try to get on, th- get in third and shorts. Stay on the field. They were what the the um, the, the commanders were like tw- like seventy five percent on third de- third downs at one point in the game. The game we lost. So that's what the Giants are going to want to do. And if they can keep the Eagles' offense on the field, you, you heard Brian Dable, you heard Wink Martindale, Martindale talking about, um, you know, especially Brian Dable because he was his offensive coordinator at Alabama. Just talking about night and day, how, how much better of a player is Wink Martindale talking about how you know it's like they the Eagles have um, you know To back there with AJ Brown, um, and it's like the Eagles have a Pro Bowl, pretty much like a Pro Bowl team. Which obviously not everybody's going to make the Pro Bowl roster, and and there's no game, but like there's so much talent on this Eagles team. It's like when you look at them, where do you go? What do you defend first? What do you have to stop first? Because we've seen it two weeks in a row. They ran for 300-plus yards, 360-plus yards against Green Bay. They threw for 380 yards against the Titans. You can try to stop one thing, but they have that that ability to change their game plan and do do a total opposite to come away with a victory. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And uh, I'll, I'll bring it back to the, the starting point of the New York Giants offense for a minute. <clears throat> I agree with you. Daniel Jones has not been good, but to – and is he the long-term answer? Likely not. But to sit there and say that he's getting any type of help from a weapons perspective beyond Saquon Barkley would be kind of doing him an injustice. While he may not be the answer if he had more support from the offensive side of the ball, whether that be pass catchers or, well, pretty much has to be pass catchers or the offensive line, but whether if the pass catchers would be able to give him more support, he might look a little bit better and he might be able to be a bit of a bridge for a while where they can focus on some other things. But at this point now, they're stuck here saying, well, he can be a bridge, but he's not a very good bridge. But our weaponry is really a problem you've paid so much money out to Kenny Galladay who has been abysmal who's been completely downright disrespectful to the team um 
And then you look at some of these stats and it dropped passes. He ranks sixth in the league for drop passes by his receivers. His receiver target separation ranks 59th among quarterbacks. There are 32 starting quarterbacks. So that means that some of these other quarterbacks who've gone out there have had way better receiver target separation. Way more guys have had way better target separation than Daniel Jones. And then you look at the yards after the catch per target. He does rank 28th. So they're not even really creating after the catch. They're not creating before. They're not creating after the catch. It's all about Saquon Barkley. And Chris does say um, the Eagles should attack downfield and hopefully get a a couple score lead early and make them one-dimensional taking out Saquon Barkley. That's what you have to do. And how much is the net going to affect Saquon Barkley to the point that at what point does Brian Dayball say it's not worth the risk? The risk is not worth the reward to keep Saquon Barkley in the game either because a neck is nothing to mess around with. So, I mean, yes, at the end of the day, Daniel Jones has not been good. But when you look at like his true completion percentage and you look at his accuracy rating and stuff, he actually ranks among the top 10 in quarterbacks. It's just his weaponry is absolutely abysmal and it sucks like he lost Wondell Robinson Bellinger missed some time just when they were starting to build some rapport um and then you talk about like Darius Slayton is okay but not great Isaiah Hodgins is not someone who should be in the picture um Richie James is not somebody who should be in the picture like these guys are not players they expected to be in the picture and if you look at their IR you got Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson that was weapon number one and weapon number two those were going to probably be the guys that they were going to lean on a lot in the passing attack and they haven't been able to because the you know with that disgusting field took Sterling Shepard with it earlier in the season and then Wandale Robinson just hasn't been able to get things going because he's had a couple injuries plague him this season as well so it's just been all around like while it sounds like a defensive Daniel Jones which it kind of is a defensive Daniel Jones it is also a pointing out that there's a lot more work to be done here and they were kind of a fraudulent team they're ahead in their rebuild but they got a lot more work to do and this offense <clears throat> You know, in week one would not be something I would have laughed about. This offense now is something I definitely laugh about because they lack anything to get things going. I think the Eagles are actually getting the Giants at a really good time. A lot of uh, because there was belief in the first half of the season for them. Um, like you mentioned, they were six and two before the bye. They were winning all these close games. Now they're kind of coming to the realization that yeah, we're not a good team. And then the Eagles are just getting them at the right time. So they get them two two times in the last five weeks. Um, and obviously that week 18 game in Philly might not mean anything. So it could be another, you know, preseason type game, just like last year's week 18 game against Dallas. Um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the, the giants decide to do. Um, if that anything can happen, obviously in that stadium, you mentioned kind of an underrated thing. That field is awful. Um, and like, we talk about injuries and we obviously every team at this point in time has injuries, but the way that the Eagles are going, we can't afford um, an injury with that. that terrible I'd love to see us get up three or four scores really early and not have to see our starters out there in the second and half. It that is the going, dream. We're going to Chicago next week and their field's also terrible. So it's back-to-back weeks of playing on awful fields. But, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see – you know, what, what the Giants decide to do offensively. We'll see if the Eagles can take Saquon out the game. Obviously, Saquon is different than Derrick Henry because he can catch the ball really well out the backfield. Yeah, he's not 
he can bounce it outside as well. And I'm not saying Derrick Henry can, but Derrick Henry's more of a north and south. Line. He wants to take it and go straight ahead. Saquon Barkley can go straight ahead. He can bounce it out. So it's going to be key for the defensive ends um, and for the linebackers not to get too much, too out of place. Um, Daniel Jones can also run the football. Something that Tannenhill did Tannenhill did last last week, and we didn't expect it, especially on a bum ankle. So you're going to have to watch Daniel Jones. A couple years back, he had that long or long run that he tripped himself up on. On I think what the 15, 10 yard line or something. Um, so he has that ability because when you don't have the weapons that you thought you were going to have at the beginning of the year, we mentioned Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson. You know, when you when you talk about those guys, you have to come out and get like Pittsburgh did against us. They did a couple trick plays to score where Chase Claypool threw, threw a touchdown. That's what we're going to expect from the Giants. They're going to have to get creative to to try to put up points and to stay with the Eagles to keep Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense off the field. Yeah, and one other thing I'd like to point out is he ranks incredibly high in accuracy against zone. So if by chance, and this would be my biggest concern, Jonathan Gannon decides to play that off approach, he's going to take what's given to him. Daniel Jones is a type of quarterback who's not going to overthink it and throw beyond, try and throw beyond the zone or beyond what you're going to give him. And he is extremely accurate. There's completion percentage versus zone is 74%. It ranks seventh among all quarterbacks. His passer rating versus zone, 108.1, fourth amongst all quarterbacks. So if, if Jonathan Gannon thinks he can get away with not playing similarly to how his defense played last week, then we could be in for an issue if he takes for granted these wide receivers or something and says, let's play off a little bit. Let's get comfortable. Then there's an, there's a reason to believe that maybe they can take advantage of this team a little bit, that maybe they can take advantage of this defense a little bit. And then this game becomes the concern that we think it could be if you allow that to happen. But Saquon Barkley is a reason that makes me feel like he's going to keep us honest and he's going to keep us closer to the line of scrimmage and not playing too often coverage and too into the zone coverage. But yes, you do have to definitely respect Daniel, Daniel Jones in the Russian attack. He's top five across the board among quarterbacks in every statistical category um, with 522 Russian yards and four Russian touchdowns on the season. So you definitely have to respect the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are back there. No, it's not Justin Fields and David Montgomery, but you definitely have to, put, to pay a lot of respect to those two and what they might be able to do if you play off or give them the opportunity to have some open field in front of them. Where does Daniel Jones rank in terms of getting rid of the football? Because that, that could also play a key mark because if he gets rid of the ball quick, that you don't want to play back. You don't want to play in zone. You want to play up. You know, Obviously, Darius Slay and I think James Bradbury – Bradbury and somebody uh, speaking of Bradbury, you know, this could be a revenge game for him. He went to the Giants didn't have a good couple of seasons with them, got released, came to the Eagles and, you know, one of the better quarterbacks, one of the best cornerbacks, excuse me, in football. So, you know, this could be, it wouldn't shock me if, if Bradbury has a pick or two in this game, but you, you know, you're going to, if he gets rid of the football and obviously the Darius Slayton is good ish. Um, but like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't get beat by other the other receivers, David Sills, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins. So, but I don't know if you're able to look that up, Connor. The, the how quick Daniel Jones gets rid of the ball. What's his the time? Because that I think that's key in terms of what the Eagles are probably thinking about. He actually ranks extremely poorly in this category. His okay. average time to a throw <laughs> is. Uh, 
Oh, never mind. He's way better in average time to throw, but in the total category of like average time to throw, sack, and scramble. So there's a scramble category, a sack category, and an average time to throw. So his average time to a throw is 2.81%. So on 30.6% of dropbacks, this he gets the ball out in less than two and a half seconds. Um, but then when you take it as an entirety, like average time to a scramble and a sack included into the equation, he actually ranks uh, much lower. Uh, yeah, he ranks uh, third worst at 3.10. So he does have a willingness to hold on and to scramble. But that goes back to why he's at Justin Fields. He ranks wor- worst among all co- among quarterbacks with at least 50% of snaps played in this category because he more often than not decides to scramble. So it does skew a bit because he decides to scramble a lot more. And when you decide to scramble, well, with Daniel Jones, it takes him about 4.9 seconds to decide to scramble. That's his average time to a scramble. So it skews it a little bit, but does show like if you – are willing to give him the lesser time. If you are willing to play off, he will get the ball out as quickly as possible. But it looks like if you play aggressive, if you play on and you make sure those cornerbacks are playing more up and tight, he will be willing to hold the ball and take the sack or try and scramble. And so that's why I think you can't play in that zone coverage and you have to respect that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are the heart and soul of that offense and are going to be on every single week. Yeah, definitely. And then one last kind of one, one of the last things that I want to bring up, the Eagles are second in the NFL in sacks with 42 right now. Remember last year, what did we finish with 29 or something? Finished 29, 30th in the league. The Eagles are second in the league. So obviously when you have talent in the secondary, that helps the front four the, the, and Obviously, getting Javon Hart, or excuse me, getting um, Hassan Reddick, um, and you know, so the Eagles with this offensive line they're going up against, they should be able to add on to those numbers. They won't get nine like they did against Washington and, and Carson Wentz, but you know, they should be able to get you know two, three, four, five, you know, five, five plus sacks in this game, which will help you know the offense out creating uh, short fields. So let's jump over to the Giants defense. Uh, Chris had mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau saying uh, he's been coming on the last couple weeks and he was one of his guys to watch uh, in last year's draft. You know, I missed – I think I said it in the offseason after the draft, I missed David Gettleman because there's no way Gettleman would have drafted Neil and Thibodeau uh, for the Giants. Um, I think one of the good things is if Thibodeau is going up against Lane Johnson, not worried. Lane Johnson has been that good. It's been over two calendar years since he's given up a sack. Uh, going up against Jordan Maialata might be a little bit different. I mean, Maialata hasn't been good this year. Like, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been as good as we I think we thought. I think the expectations were really high for Jordan Maialata. Obviously, the offensive line as a whole, the expectations were were really high. Um, but, you know, looking at their line, Aziz Ojolari, Dexter Lawrence has been good, and Leonard Williams, um, he's doubtful with a neck injury. I think he's less likely to play than Saquon. I still think. Williams will probably play again, probably, but that's something to, to keep to keep on. And obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. Uh, Jalen Smith, the former Cowboy, um, he's out there, been wreck, wrecking a little havoc. Dory Jackson's out. Julian Love is the leader in their secondary. Xavier McKinney's also out. Um, somebody you mentioned, Fabian Moreau. Their secondary really isn't that good either. There's going to be another game if the offensive line can give Jalen Hurts time. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, they should all feast. 
Absolutely. This should be a game where you just you'll be able to take advantage of any open and available target. You find a person who's open and you hit them. That it's it's plain and simple. By the way, I do want to do make a correction. I I had misread. He is uh, Daniel Jones's third worst in average time to a throw, not third best. So he's actually if you if you keep him in the pocket, similar to like Cooper Rush, and make him start to think and make decisions, that's probably when he's going to make the bad decisions and commit the turnovers. But back to the other side of the ball. Now that I've corrected myself there. Um, yeah, I think this is a game where you can purely take advantage of of anything. You you can run the ball, you can pass the ball. Obviously, last week we saw that we could not run the ball overly effective, but they took complete advantage of a weaker secondary and an unwillingness to provide any help over top against A.J. Brown and stuff. We saw them take complete advantage of that after this defense was looking so good in prior weeks. They shut down the run. They turned to the pass. The turn was the the pass was super effective. It was simple. But when you look at the Giants, they literally only rank in the top eighteen in one category, and that's Russian offense. And we talked about that, and we know why that is. On defense, they rank twenty third total yards allowed, twenty sixth in Russian total yards allowed, and eighteenth in passing. So they're a bit better against the pass, but not much better against the pass, and they're really bad against the rush. And while we know Boston Scott, absolutely, he's probably the only guy that if you ask, do you like this field? He would probably say yes, because he absolutely explodes on this field for whatever reason. And like I said earlier in the episode, I would love to be able to see Boston Scott be out there the entire second half. Because I don't want to see Miles Sanders on that field. I don't want to see Kenneth Gainwell on that field. I don't want to see Jalen Hurts on that field. I want to see those guys get off that field so that they don't risk a chance of injury, plain and simple. So I'm all for it being a Boston Scott game. This is a bad Russian defense. This is definitely a Russian defense you can take full advantage of. But if the opportunity's there, when they run the RPO or whatever they whatever variation of it they they want to run, like the run o, the ROO where they run and they either option the the Jalen Hurts or they option whatever they do, they like whatever creativity you want to use. I think anything's going to work against this defense because it's just a really abysmal defense all yeah. around. Despite yeah, we like Kayvon Thibodeau, but he himself without Leonard Williams in there. I think it's easy for, not easy, I wouldn't say easy lightly, but I think it's easier for you to be able to allow just your left tackle, like you said, Jordan Mailata, to maybe focus in on Thibodeau and not having to share any duties across the defensive line because that loss of Leonard Williams is huge. Yeah, if he doesn't play, that's definitely huge. And also, you kind of have to think the weather might be in effect. I think it's supposed to rain um, in in Jersey tomorrow. and while the it won't affect the wind won't have any effect on anything, you know the passing game. I mean, wet football, um, holding on to the ball could definitely be an issue. And the Eagles, you know, I, I would like to see this be a Miles Sanders type of game at least while he's in there. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully they can get up big and, and get the starters out. But Miles didn't have that. I mean, the Eagles didn't run. They ran the ball for like sixty yards last week because they threw it for three hundred and eighty. Um, so, be, but you said, like you said, this defense isn't good at. And like they're not, I'm not saying they're the worst defense, but they're not like very good at a lot of like stopping the run, stopping the pass, and the injuries don't help. So again, this should be a game that the Eagles should be able to take advantage. But the, the receivers should have the advantage, the offensive line should have the advantage. So it, it should be a matchup that, if it's still a game going into the fourth quarter, I'm worried. 
Oh, absolutely. It, it, I, I really feel like the only thing that would make it a game is the fact that it's a divisional matchup. And for some reason, no matter any divisional matchup you get put into, the games end up being close or there's some reason to stress. And, and that would be the only reason. And Or we play down to our opponent. We've seen it. It kind of mm-hmm. looks like that's what a team like the Minnesota Vikings have been doing. That's why they have been in a lot of close games as well. They're playing down to their opponents. And we don't want to mm-hmm. see that. I want to see these explosions explosions where we play like we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills week in and week out and we pump out you know the 35 points we have those blowouts because those are the types of games where then we know okay we can probably compete with the big dogs in this league when we need to stand up against those big dogs so hopefully we can play above the level and play to the level of the teams that we are going to play in the playoffs, play to the level of the Dallas Cowboys to offense. Who's putting up a lot of points recently play up to those teams. levels. That's what, that's what I want to see. So yeah, Chris hopefully says, I think it stays the, that way. If the Eagles don't turn, turn the ball over, we'll be fine. And that's a key in every week, obviously. Um, you know, they've been really good at protecting the football. Are they still first in the league and, and plus in different in turnover differential, I think. Um, so I would imagine, yeah, they, they're they not first, they're definitely top two, top three. Um, because they don't turn the ball, I don't want to say they don't turn it all over ever, but like it's very rare. They went through that stretch, two or three game stretch where they turned it over. But you remember the first eight the, the balls, year, the fumbles were pretty, pretty rugged. Yeah, AJ there Brown for a bit. fumbling, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, like you, like you mentioned, this divisional matchup, anything can happen, we, we, you know. We, Last year's Giants team wasn't good. They beat the Eagles. Well, I mean, I'm not saying the Eagles were good. They still made, they made the playoffs, but they beat the the Giants beat the Eagles at MetLife. So this can again could be the type of game that with the weather, anything can happen. Being the first time you're seeing them under Brian Dable, you know, you can't go in too overconfident. Can't go in too overconfident because usually when you're too too confident, that's when the, it starts to uh, things start to go downhill. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more to add on the defensive front here because, I mean, it's a game where it's similar to games we've talked about in the past where we shouldn't be worried. Like that Texans episode was probably one of our shortest episodes. We were able to squeeze it into the same episode as our review because we were so not worried about it. But we ended up in a closer-than-we-want-it match or game. But at the end of the day, I mean... It's the the thing that I fear the most is is a divisional game and maybe the maybe a guy like Jonathan Gannon will play his guys off or we get comfortable back. in a circumstance and allow the t- allow the Giants to stay closer than they deserve to be in this game. I think this is a game that can be and should be over at halftime. You get your guys up three scores, four scores, and you turn to the bench and say. Show us what you got, because I really don't want to see these starters on that field longer than they have to be on that field. So definitely ready to move into our key matchups and players to watch. Well, before before we before we get to that, because we usually go into, I want to talk about OBJ real quick. Um, he visited Dallas. He visited the Giants. He visited the Bills. Then a report came out from Dallas that said um, they don't think that he'll be ready in he probably won't have an impact this year and he won't be really ready until 2023. Um, Then another unfounded report came out that if there's a a surprise team, that team could be the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously the Eagles have AJ Brown under contract, Devontae Smith under contract, Wes Watkins under contract. 
Um, and they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts after this year. A lot of pieces on defense might not be back. And, and OBJ wants a probably a two- to three-year commitment on a contract. We, I know what you think, but let's let's tell our our viewers here. What are your thoughts on OBJ and the potential of him maybe coming to Philly? Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, we've watched this offense function so well, so effectively with just three wide receivers essentially going out there and Zach Pascal tossed in there from time to time. That why, I mean, I get it, the depth option, it would be nice. It's nice to have depth in case somebody gets injured. You just never know in the NFL what's going to happen. But to me, if we've been so comfortable in the way that we've ran and we've carried five wide receivers, essentially four, because Britton Covey is almost exclusively special teams. So the fact that we've carried pretty much four wide receivers, we've got through any types of injury scares, we've been effective this way. I feel like there's no reason to rock that boat. And then... Mm -hmm. I also get a sour taste in my mouth when he had that interview, I think it was on Thursday night football and or Monday night. And he says he's pretty much ready. He he thinks he can be ready to give four really good weeks and essentially said like, I want to go somewhere where I think I can win a Super Bowl and that's all I want. And I just want to be able to play the playoffs and that's it. That, that, that comment kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Of course, anybody would love that. Give me, give me a million dollars. I'll go out and but give you the best four weeks of my life too. But at the end of the day, it just, to me, I don't see the reason to rock the boat on an offense that is as, as effective as they are. And a guy who there's so many reports of like concerns, like, from an attitude perspective, from a perspective of injury, is the knee good to go? There's reports emerging that, you know, the knee wasn't that good last year and then the injury happened and now he's got the second injury on top of that and the, there's major concerns about that. And, like, the report emerging of Jerry Jones and his concern, like, exclusively with injury that he doesn't want to bring him in. If Jerry Jones doesn't want to bring him in, I, I really feel like... We, if we wouldn't want to sink to those levels, I don't think we should sink to those levels. But if it was an opportunity to take him away from an NFC East rival and they thought that he could be really effective, I'd be all for it. But both, all reports from any team is really of concern. And I really don't think that we need to bring him in here and, and rock that boat or create any type of situation that doesn't need to be created. Who do you think he signs with? I'm... I think he's going to want more than a team's willing to give. And I don't know if we see him on a football field this year. If I'm being completely honest and seeing the reports coming out, I don't think he's going to be I on a football if, field. If the Giants somehow beat the Eagles, I think he goes to the Giants. Only the Giants need weapons. Um, so like that, because if they beat us, they have that. They feel like they can make the playoffs. If they lose to us, I don't, I, again, I'm of the, the ilk that they're not, they're fraudulent and they're not going to be a playoff team. But if they're able to find a way to beat the Eagles, it wouldn't shock me if he goes back to the And, Giants. like, if he does want more than one year, I just wouldn't be willing to give at this point. Like, especially, like, if you're Philadelphia with all those free agents you have next year and all that money you have to figure out how you, where you're going to allocate it and how to reallocate it in a potential Jalen Hurts extension, having a guy like OBJ on the books for even next year throws off the plan of how you want to balance those books going forward. And I just don't think it's worth it. If, if he truly does want more than one year and then he's given interviews saying that he's going to give you the best four weeks he can in the playoffs, it's just not worth it. I would, I, I'm not saying I would sign him, but I, it'd be very intriguing just to see 
A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, OBJ, Dallas Goddard on the field at the same time with Jalen Hurts. It'll be interesting. All right, so let's move to um, the players to watch and kind of your keys to the game. So who's your offensive and defensive player for the Eagles for the Sunday night, the Sunday matchup with the Giants, which, by the way, I'm glad they didn't flex to Sunday night football. I can't stand night games that much. I'm glad they at least flexed a game because I did not want to have to watch that Sunday nighter that was, uh, was originally slotted. And I think it was the Broncos and the Raiders or something. Yeah. Like, I did no, not, not want the Raiders, to have to because Raiders play Thursday. Maybe Chargers. I can't remember who would. Uh, Neither it's, team it's, really has playoff implications. It's Chiefs-Chargers Chiefs now. I'll, while you give it, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, you take a look for me. Um, my player to watch this game is I'm going to, on on offense, I'm going to take the cop-out of Boston Scott, and it shouldn't even be a cop-out. I just think Boston Scott has the ability to just have another one of those big games. He loves this field. I think that the offense can get ahead early and, and get score often and give an opportunity to see Boston Scott on that football field a lot more. And I think no matter what, up against the ones or the twos against that defense, he's going to be able to take advantage and feast on a field that – he the the Giants should really be signing him. I think he'd be an incredible asset to or that team for for or the Jets for half a season. He'd be an incredible asset for that half a season you need. Um, defensively, I'm going with Josh Sweat because I think Josh Sweat's going to be on the side uh, with Evan Neal. I think he's going to be tested over there. I think he's really going to have to. on Reddick's side. It could be, and it could be Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat on that side. But we see when Josh Sweat can have a game, that whole defense looks like a much better defense, like an even better defense, like front four. So, I mean, if you can get a good game from Josh Sweat and he can take advantage of whatever matchup he's up against, I think that that's a really key one. And you could obviously go with the James Bradbury revenge game if you wanted to in this situation, because I could see a world where he gets one, two interceptions, a few pass breakups, and has a really good night as well, just to show, you know, you guys messed up. But we already know everybody and in their right mind already knows that they messed up with moving on from James Bradbury, but it was a purely financial move and a purely look into the future move um, when they let James Bradbury go. And now James Bradbury is going to get his pay. But mm-hmm. I think it'll be Josh Sweat because if Josh Sweat ends up being there, because, you know, some Reddick usually plays on the outside. So it would be Sweat and Reddick probably coming off that side together. And to think about, like you said, Evan Neal's been put in a situation, a circumstance where he's probably not playing as good as he could be because he's in an offensive line that altogether has suffered from injuries and suffered through a lot of issues. Um throughout the season and ineffectiveness you plunk him into an offensive line that ranks in the top 10 we're looking at a completely different evan neal and i think we're talking about a completely different evan neal but unfortunately it isn't that way and i think that's something that they can take advantage of so they before i get to mine they flexed out chiefs broncos for dolphins oh i knew it was a divisional game but not worth keeping in that slot so they flexed out patrick mahomes because the broncos are so bad all right um, so on the <laughs> that speaks volumes. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going James Bradbury just for the revenge game factor. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, the receivers aren't all that up to snuff for the Giants. So, um, obvious, as I mentioned before, they're going to have to get creative with ways to try to move the football and to keep it close. It's going to start with Saquon, whether it's out the backfield in the wildcat, just handing it, handing it to him straight off. But you know, when Daniel Jones does throw the football, I think he's going to throw it to the Eagles a couple of times. On the offensive side of the football, I'm going to go Devontae Smith. Actually, no, I'm going to go Miles Sanders. 
I'm going Miles because I just the run defense for the Giants isn't good, and I think after only, he didn't have a great game last week, and that was no that was the Eagles game plan was let's throw the football, and they did it really well. They didn't really try to run the football. Obviously, when they got up and late in the game, they did, but they they didn't. That wasn't part of the game plan. I think the game plan this week is going to be Miles Sanders, um, let him get going, let him you know score a couple of touchdowns, um, and then you know get the backups in the game, try to get up big. So I'm going to go Sanders and Bradbury. Yeah, and then if I were to like pick on the Giants side, my guy to watch is Daniel Bellinger because he's one of the favorite targets in the passing game because he's so he works so close to the line of scrimmage. He's one of those guys that if Jones is going to get the ball out quicker, that's likely where he's looking mm-hmm. um, because I don't want to take Saquon Barkley. That just doesn't seem fair. Um, and <laughs> and defensively, um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Julian Love. Julian Love's been really good this year. A quiet, like really good piece, strong safety for starting strong safety for this team. And I think he could be a someone who who ends up being a difference maker. He's jumped in and made some interceptions this season, some really nice interceptions. He's recovered some fumbles. I think he's even forced a couple fumbles. So he's like a jack of all trades, Malcolm Jenkins-esque type player who they play him all around the formation. Um, and he could be a guy that, in a pinch could make some game changing plays, but um, it's easy to go cave on Thibodeau there, but I just like the play of Julian love. I think Julian love's been really good this year and stepped in admirably to a role that was vacated by who was it? Was it Landon Collins? Who was there last season? Mm. Or was he in Washington? I think he was in both because he, he started yeah. in Washington and then ended up, yeah, so like he, it, well. it vacated some pretty big shoes, and he's done a pretty good job filling them. So those would be on my flip side of the ball guys to watch. I mean, I'll go uh, Dexter Lawrence because you know if the Eagles want to control the game on the ground, that Kelsey, the Kelsey versus Lawrence matchup is going to be key. So Dexter Lawrence on defense for the Giants and on offense, Darius Slayton tends to have good games against the Eagles. So. It's going to be up this slate and our Slay and Bradbury to find a way to stop him when he's their primarily biggest pass threat um, when it comes to throwing the football. All right. So, prediction time. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go 35 to 7. I was, I, was, I was debating I was debating the idea of are they going to get a touchdown or are they just going to get a couple of field goals? And the only thing that could skew this, I think, would be if they go out there and they and we put our backups out early on, like early second half, and they start taking a bit of advantage and then they get some garbage, you know, a c- couple garbage scores that drive their score up a little bit more, make it look closer than it should. But I think I'm going to go with 35-7 on this one. I don't. I really don't think this offense is going to be able to do much against this defense. I think they're really, really one-dimensional. Like while I said Daniel Bellinger is an impact player, he's an impact player close to the line of scrimmage. If the Eagles are making their tackles, then he's almost he's completely nullified. He's just going to be a guy who gets five receptions for potentially like 20 yards or something. Like he's somebody you can completely nullify uh, defensively. It's really one-dimensional and focused around Saquon Barkley, and if they can shut that down, they're going to have a tough day, and I think there could be a decent amount of turnovers and not much scoring at all. I think it's going to be close in the first half, closer than we think. We're going to sit there being annoyed and – anxious um but i think the eagles in the third or fourth quarter will pull away to win 31 14 
Um, that'll put them to 12 and one. They'll clinch a playoff berth <clears throat> and uh, get ready for Chicago. And these next two games, I mean, obviously with five games left, they're all important, but the Eagles are in a position right now where if they can win the next two, that Dallas game doesn't really mean anything. Because after Dallas, you have the, the Saints and, and the Giants. Like, with the two-game lead, the Eagles are have a buffer where they can lose to Dallas on Christmas Eve and it not really matter. Obviously, you want to win the game. We've talked about it time and time again. You have to be able to beat Dak. You got to win in Dallas. Um, the Eagles didn't have a great game back there. Um, last year in Dallas, um, you know, Jalen Hurst didn't have a great game. But if the Eagles can find a way to win this week, find a way to win next week, while the game is important, it's not going to be the end-all, be-off the Eagles were to lose. So these next two games are going to be key for the Eagles to beat teams that they are better than. And I'm not saying they're not better than Dallas. I think they are better. I know they're better than Dallas. But just that atmosphere, just the way things are going, it'll give the Eagles a little leeway going into um, Christmas Eve. But I got the Eagles winning 31-14. to 14. Yeah, and I, I definitely still think that game, at least the Cowboys game to the Eagles starters, will definitely matter because now the whole topic of discussion is, well, you beat them with Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott. So if you can go out there, I don't want to have that pushed back. Like if games start not mattering and they can start sitting, resting their guys more, I see you start it after the Dallas game because I do not want to see that Dallas game that getting the Dak monkey off our back in the playoffs if we have to meet them in the playoffs and that Dak monkey is still on our shoulder that to me would spell the perfect scenario where we could have a very rough playoff game and I don't want that, that monkey means on Dallas has to actually do something in January we know they're contagious to that I know I know but you know and it's a divisional game you know that they'd come with so much more hype in a game like that type of game that really know, matters you know they're gonna Dallas bring has it to win a playoff game and we know they don't not, they got three playoff wins in what 30 close to 30 years it's they're allergic to it anyway all right I'm so, never I don't want to date I don't want discount I don't want discount yet I don't I want that more, monkey I would be more on our worried shoulder. about facing Washington than I am Dallas in the playoffs Oh wow! Yeah, in they the, have looked. The Washington playoffs. has looked. Uh, at Washington has looked much better. Like Washington and the Giants flipped, and the worst part is Washington probably could have been like the Giants right now, but better. I think if they went with Heineke all season, hot take maybe. Just saying. We'll see. All right, Eagles looking to clinch a playoff berth against the East Rutherford Giants. We'll be back on Tuesday with a recap of. This big NFC East matchup. Connor has the Eagles winning. I have the Eagles winning. As always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour, Connor on Twitter at Connor10, and follow me on Twitter at LJ Harrell54. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Kelly Green Hour. Fly Eagles fly. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently arrives. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40.